Unless you were a little late arriving today, you noticed that we set this season apart. We begin the first Sunday of Advent with the Great Litany. Um, it's the only Sunday for a while that we use it. Um, the Great Litany was compiled by Thomas Cranmer from a number of sources, from an old Roman source and especially from an old Sarum source, one from the Salisbury area of England. And so it's a traditional litany, um, a prayer that covers just about everything. It covers calamities, it covers disasters, it covers joys, it covers hopes. Our readings today from Scripture seem to have a lot to do with calamity and impending doom. In our first reading, Jeremiah warns that things are going to get bad before they get good, but eventually God's people will be safe. In today's gospel, Jesus also warns of rough days ahead, or now perhaps, but then he says something that to me sounds a little counterintuitive. Stay awake, he says, be on guard, be alert. Given all those bad things that Jesus talks about, signs in the sun, the moon and the stars, distress among nations, confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves, people fainting from fear and foreboding about what is coming upon the world, most sensible people would do their best to avoid dealing with all of those things. We can think of lots of ways to avoid dealing with those calamities, with those disasters, with the news of the day that seems to make this gospel all too relevant. We probably have our favorite ways of escape. Maybe we dedicate ourselves to work, and that becomes our escape from the other aspects of the world that scare us or make us anxious. Maybe we pour ourselves into family and obsess either over a child and the right school and the right programs and the right involvements or or maybe a parent, the right place, the right ending, the right care. These are all good and holy in and of themselves, but they can become obsessions. They can become ways of escaping everything else that scares us. Maybe we avoid the fear of the future through too much food or too much drink or too much TV or too much shopping. We all probably have our favorite escapes, some harmless and some perhaps causing great harm. Instead, Jesus calls us to do something both much more radical And in some ways, more difficult. Jesus calls us to escape to the present. Not to escape to the past, not to escape to the future, but escape to the now. We just heard his words in Luke's gospel, but I'll read them again. Be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life And that day catch you unexpectedly like a trap, 
For it will come upon all who live on the face of the whole earth. And so be alert at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. And so the escape means standing still, standing tall, standing faithful, standing in the fullness of God's presence. Jesus encourages his disciples and us to be alert, that through this alertness we'll somehow become stronger, strong enough to endure whatever comes. This teaching of Jesus, unfortunately, I think often gets overlooked in Christianity. It gets obscured by the church spending more time on on busying itself with lists of things to do and things not to do. And so this concept that Jesus exemplifies and encourages, this concept that can be called mindfulness, uh, comes into our culture largely through Eastern religions, especially through those Westerners um, understanding Buddhism and appropriating it for our culture, people like John Kabat-Zinn and Herbert Benson, Um, But mindfulness also comes from Buddhists coming into our culture and sharing their wisdom. People like Thich Nhat Hanh and the Dalai Lama. This is all fine and good and helps us learn and think about meditation and centering and mindfulness. But let's not ignore the fact that Jesus was doing this. (laughs) He didn't give a plan of how to do it. He just did it. And invited others to do it as well. Don't get thrown off track, he says. Stay centered. Be mindful. How do we do this? Well, we we do it through deliberate practices. I can choose every morning when I wake up. Do I immediately call up the news and then watch my blood pressure dial up? Or might I perhaps read a psalm? or read an Advent devotional, or read a bit of scripture? Might I instead try a prayer, and then later get to the news? If I say a prayer in an elevator or a hallway before I'm visiting someone in the hospital, I notice that the visit is different. It's filled with God in another way. It might have been filled with God too, but I wouldn't have noticed had I not deliberately put that little moment of pause in before I enter that room. Especially in this season, I do the same thing before I enter into a crowded room full of merrymakers and revelers. I take a deep breath. Thank you, God, for this day, for my health, for this opportunity. And then I exhale and go into the room, come what may. I find that if I take that moment to breathe, whether I convert it into an actual prayer or not, once I get into the room, conversations seem to go better. I tend to gravitate more towards sanity. And I'm somehow clearer about my agency in being in this social setting that otherwise could easily overwhelm me. Being alert, being at peace, being centered, being mindful takes a certain kind of faith. It takes faith 
in believing that things are going to be okay, especially if I pause for a minute or two. The world will continue on. It also involves a kind of faith that we will indeed, like Jesus promises, be made stronger, strong enough, strong enough for anything, come what may. Some of you know the name Anselm of Canterbury. He was the 11th century Archbishop of Canterbury, and he's often known for his heady theological and philosophical arguments. Often he tries to convince people or prove the existence of God. It's difficult reading. It's from Anselm that Anglicans get that much-loved phrase that we strive for, faith-seeking understanding. But as philosophical and theological and heady as Anselm could be, he also knew that alertness, wakefulness, and mindfulness to God's world involves a relationship It's not about information. It's not about knowledge. It's not about eloquence or being able to explain things. It's about being in relationship with God. It involves our being open to God. In the beginning of his Proslogion, Anselm writes, Escape from your everyday business for a short while. Hide for a moment from your restless thoughts. Break off from your cares and troubles and be less concerned about your tasks and labors. Make a little time for God and rest in God a while. Enter into your mind's inner chamber. Shut out everything but God and whatever helps you to seek God. And when you have shut the door, look for God. Speak now to God and say with your whole heart, I seek your face. Your face, O God, I desire. As we move through this season of Advent, it is a season of increasing light that the church symbolizes through increasing candles on the Advent wreath being lit. Um, The music sheds a bit more light and depth as we move closer to the miracle of the Incarnation, this celebration at Christmas that God has come into our world like us in the form of a little needy, smelly little baby. In this season of increasing light and wisdom and love, we will hear again the prophecies of the church, the story of God's coming, But let us all along the way take time. Let us practice being mindful. And may the Spirit help us escape to the present. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.